the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, oh boy. Mm. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, welcome to the show here. I mean, good grief. Holy smokes. I mean, I know you're tired, but really? <sighs> this is when the adrenaline's supposed to kick in. Mm, mm. i got to be honest. Uh, all last week when you were decrying the spring ahead. I told you. Ideology, whatever you want to call it. I said. I poo-pooed This it. is a day when people have all sorts of accidents. Man. People are ill. Things I'm so go tired. Wrong. I am so tired. I, went, I was still up last night at like quarter to one. Right. I could not I fall know. asleep. I was. I know. I was. I finally went what upstairs at twelve twenty. Is that crazy? Of course. And then this morning I woke up like it I was know. like six forty, and I, I wasn't sure. Is it six? Am I springing ahead, falling back? Now I'm just tired. A terrible idea. I'm just really tired. But here, the good news is mm-hmm. it's National Napping Day. Did you know? No, I did not know. It is. It's National Napping Day. Well, again, I I truly, I I wish that management, that's me, uh, that is not me now. Is that the video from when we recorded him that one day when he fell asleep in his office? More than anything, I I wish that- That was a great uh, day, wasn't it, Mike? (laughs) More than anything, I I wish the management would would provide us with a, you know, like a cot, like sort of a up late cot. our show's from 4 to 6 p.m. Why are they going to give us a cot? It's not like we're doing the 12 to 5 a.m. shift. Well, you know, you come in here sometimes, you're a little sleepy. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, I mean, I think every workplace should have a little siesta cot. All right, so National Napping Day mm-hmm. is the day after Daylight Savings Time. Mm-hmm. And if we would just do away with Daylight Savings Time, we wouldn't need National Napping Day. Well, I'm over it. I'm so done with it. Well, apparently we're not the only ones that, you know, there's been a lot of brouhaha over the weekend about this. St- Pennsylvania step forward. Our do nothing legislators they're put, they're looking at it hard. We'll probably get to that in thirty or forty years. I was going to say, yeah, I'm sure they're going to get right on it. Right? So if I asked you off the top of your head, and this happened in our, in our car yesterday, mm-hmm. I have four people in my family. Yeah, my husband and I and two daughters, and I said to them, so where did daylight savings time come from? Mm-hmm. And all of us <laughs> had a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Right. So I was like, well, it came from. Well, but so my my oldest daughter is in college, and she said, "Oh, well, it started in World War One." And I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. So she told the story about how it started in World War One because they were trying to convince people to ration, and it was something like if people, you know, if they if people observed more daylight hours, then they wouldn't be using as much power. I don't remember exactly what it was, and then it went out of phase, and then they brought it back in World War Two. I said, that's, that's not what it's about. She's like, where, where do you think it came from? I said, I think it came from farmers. That's what I always thought. However. Wait, now that my husband said it came from kids waiting for the bus. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then my other daughter said that it was a it was political infighting state to state. Mm. And so some Whoa. states were li- <laughs> Great. some states were like, well, we're going to do it this way just to like thumb their Mess nose at other states. I believe it became an almost national law. As late as 1966, 
And then did there you were, pick that year randomly? No, or? I read about okay. this last week. But then there were always a few outliers, like Arizona. Some states were like, "We're not going to go along with that at all." So there are some states, just as several states, that said no. But in 1966, it covered most of the United States. The Daylight Savings Act. All right, I, I'm done with the Daylight Savings right. Act. You know what else I'm done with? Mm. Any conversation about Please. Antonio Brown. Do not bring okay? this up. Listen. Let's not even go I have there. To, I have to bring it up because oh, we have to acknowledge he's no longer sake. a Steeler. He's an Oakland Raider or an L.A. Raider. He's done. Good for him. Can we be done? Thank Wait. you. How can you be a goofball, not show up for work, and then get a raise of 11 plus million dollars? How does that even work? $30 million guaranteed. Listen, there's no way that this will not hurt the NFL overall. Probably. There's no way. You can't possibly allow this type of behavior to be compensated like this and not expect that other people are going to do it. It's Look, just really it's stupid. I've said I'm this just, before. Uh, are you not done with the NFL? Because I'm the NFL, starting to get kind of done with the NFL. It's kind starting of? to really – Mike, do you feel that way? I mean, we love hockey, but do you feel that way about the NFL? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do feel the same way. What's up? What, they don't make any wrong? sense. Yeah, I'm just Why are you pointing? Oh, okay. I think, okay, okay sorry. <laughs> they don't make any sense. No, well, I don't get it. That's what the NFL's doing right now. Please. I don't get it. Commissioners are napping. I don't, right. Allowing this behavior is just absurd. Right. I, I, I agree. Okay, so he's done, and we're done talking okay. about it because I can't stand Please, it anymore. Let us never okay. mention this again. Okay, tell Ever. me about Marie Kondo and if she's like impacting <laughs> Pittsburgh. Hello, I'm Marie Kondo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have yet to, although New Mike has done this engaged in the netflix did you series. read the book my the book i gave you my book you haven't read it yet you <laughs> haven't even to, opened it yet hate to say this i think i may have lost it oh great <laughs> thanks john that's perfect you know who you need mm-hmm. hello i'm maria Kondo. it's out there somewhere great and I'll, I'll get it back great let it's me somewhere. know when you find okay. it okay <laughs> well oh, apparently so uh, how do you lose a book on being organized I- <laughs> <laughs> That just speaks for Look at my office. Look at all those books in there. It's somewhere in there, I believe. All right. Okay, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, there's an article in the PG about uh, has, Maria Kondo, has Marie Kondo inspired Pittsburghers to tidy up. The short answer is, I'll just save you the trouble, not particularly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not particularly. Boy, you know, how about it right now? Are, is it a mess out there right now? I mean, Pittsburgh in general. Oh, without, you mean all the construction? No, all the garbage. I mean, you're driving on the roads. Now, granted, there's been some heavy-duty winds blowing through here the last few weeks. There is garbage everywhere. Well, the problem is that the garbage was there before, but it was covered with snow. Exactly. And now that there's no snow, Ugh. you're looking up on the hillside of the side of the road oh, and you're thinking, it was is, that there all this time? Yeah, it's dirty, it ugly. Looks, it there is bad. stuff everywhere. I so let's. I, I think the uh, people from uh, – who are the trash pay people? The glad people. Right, glad trash bags. Don't they sponsor a an, uh, an annual cleanup here? Do you think they should? Well, I know years ago they did because I'm I I, I dated someone from that cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. She obviously didn't have an effect years and years ago. <laughs> On me, I'm a very neat person. Uh, I'm a very neat. Maybe person. that's why the relationship failed. We don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. No, you are a neat person. Yes. You actually are a very neat person. Thank you. I try to be. So what the heck happened to my book? It's around. All right. It's around. I, I, I pulled it out of my briefcase when I got home. Some Look, I've had a lot going on right. at home. Sure. I've, between the, right. Seriously, my house has been like intensive care unit for every other animal. Right. So it's around there somewhere. Okay, great. I'm All sure. Well. If you open it, though, you'll start to feel joy. Okay. No, spark joy. Spark right. joy. Yeah. Spark joy. I need to spark Okay, something. Mike, has, has Marie made any difference in your oh, day-to-day she, she life? She saved my marriage. She saved your marriage? <laughs> Marie Kondo? No, she has not. 
She did. Hello. Really? She did. Uh, Maria Kondo. Okay. All right, I, fine. My, uh, the, the drawers, you should see my drawers. They're immaculate. Really? They're organized. There's, mm. there's no socks flying everywhere. Mm. There's no shirts, like, poking out really? of my drawers. Nice. Well, thank goodness. It's stacked. It's it's neatly. Everything's neatly folded inside. Do you are you serious? Wait, are you, are you I'm, serious? I, I will send you a picture okay. tonight. I want to see that picture. All right. Do you have shelf paper in your drawers? Do you do, you do that? I don't do that. Hmm. Mike, I, don't, I don't have shelf paper. I, I do have um, slots, though, like these plastic slots. Oh, that, I have those, too. What is I like that? those to give, to give you like a vertical row. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I also have these these weird um, they look like they're very they're honeycomb sh- honeycomb. I have those too. And you put your socks in. Them. I have those too. What? Oh my gosh, they're great. They're fabulous. Where'd you get Boy. those? Yeah, uh, uh, Target. Oh, right. I just have Bed, shelf paper. You get them on Amazon too. Mm-hmm. It's really? just a way to just organize your drawer. It's like honeycomb things. So you can put your socks in the right place. And the other thing is to just kind of you know line up. Well, you could line up anything from like t-shirts to underwear to scarves to whatever. And these mm, I don't have that, but things. I do have you know order to my thing. You know, I mean, he sounds defensive, Mike. Maybe he, he does doesn't have one. All of a sudden, like honeycombs. I mean, I'm just talking about <laughs> shelf paper. And you guys are like you know, going to like 2001 A Space Odyssey. The heck? Coming up next, this week in the nation's capital, we'll talk about the budget proposal, more border wall funding requested, all sorts of other stuff with our friend Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Hello, I'm Maria Kondo. 1.5 WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. I want to make it very clear what the Word of God says specifically about how the believer is to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a relationship to Him that affects everything we do every single day of our life. Hear the series Living in the Power of the Holy Spirit this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. So take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare's confusing. They know you've got questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all of the options available so that you can make the best choice possible. A comprehensive medical Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral, with lower deductibles, and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but on quality. So don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. Deadline is March 31st. Find them online at MarleyFG.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. It's no secret around here. I like things my way. My way keeps our customers happy. My way keeps us on budget. My way keeps this place running. And my way means ordering from Granger. They've got what we need when we need it. With simplified checkout, dedicated customer reps, and knowledgeable product experts, I can order online, on the phone, or at a branch the way I like it. My way. When it comes to effortless ordering, Granger's got your back. Call, click or stop by to see for yourself. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done. There's the job you have and the job you deserve. One that rewards your talent, your education, your goals. One that values loyalty and hard work. One that makes you feel like you're making a difference for yourself, your family, your world. Find it Thursday, March 28th at the Word FM Job Fair, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree, where high-caliber companies find high-caliber candidates like you. There's no harm in looking, and it's free to attend. The Word FM Job Fair, presented by Salem Media Group. Details at wordfm.com slash jobfair. We start off every week here in the right home by going to the White House. Greg Clugston joins us once again. Greg is SRN News White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, how are you doing today? Hey, John. Great. Happy Monday to you and Kathy. Yes, you as well. We, uh, we, we were looking at the uh, press conference today, uh, Sarah Sanders Huckabee, and we were looking for your head amongst the group. Yeah. Well, my head was there whether you saw it or not. And, uh, yeah, this is the first time we had a briefing in the briefing room with Sarah Sanders uh, since the end of January. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a few weeks. So were you guys all happy to be so close together in one room again? Yeah, we. I had to ask for directions on how to right. get to the briefing sure. room. No, I understand. So it it yeah. hasn't been used uh, for that purpose for so right. long. That's a rough crowd, Greg, isn't it? It can be. Yeah. <laughs> we can only imagine. I mean, I can't. We, we were sitting there waiting for you know the Let's, conference to start, and there was just murmurings. I'm thinking, boy, I'd give a thousand dollars to sit in that holy chair. Holy smokes! Well, you know what? To be, to be and I understand. I I totally understand that. Um, I would say a lot of the time people are talking about their personal lives, what their kids are doing at school. Now, obviously, there are discussions about, you know, hey, I'm going to ask this question about this topic. What do you think about this line of questioning? But uh, you you might be less uh, excited about some of the topics that we reporters talk about when we're waiting for news events to happen. So people just being people then. Exactly. That does happen, actually. All right. So speaking about people being people, it looks like the president and all the people in Congress have a lot more to fight about after today, after the president released his uh, fiscal 2020 budget plan. So uh, let's talk about impending fireworks. Well, fireworks over border wall funding, yeah. that's what everybody's uh, you know zeroing in on. I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people are looking at that budget uh, item. And it's $8.6 billion. So if you rewind just a few weeks when we were in the middle of a government shutdown over a little over $5 billion request, mm-hmm. uh, and we had the government closed for several weeks, and then we had just the whole uh, issue of the president then not even getting as much as he had wanted before the uh, the shutdown. And now he's asking for $8.6 billion in, in the brand-new budget. And the White House very unapologetic about it. We heard at the briefing today from the acting White House budget director that this is a national security issue. The president's the commander-in-chief. He feels very strongly about this request. But obviously, with especially Democrats controlling the House, you guys, this is not going to be going anywhere, at least not at the $8.6 billion figure. So how does that work itself out? I mean, is this just backroom bickering until someone what, surrenders or someone moves forward? How's it? Is there any sort of – is there a win for anyone on this? Well, let's take one step back from, from the border wall issue and look at the budget generally. What this is, it's, it's essentially a document that the White House, and this happens with every president, no matter who the president is, no matter what political party they belong to, the budget presentation is simply a proposal. It's a, it's a document that lists the priorities as they would be spent in a budget for that current administration. And then it's up to the Congress to say, okay, thank you for your suggestions, for your recommendations, but we're, we're Congress, 
the budget uh, proposals and, and the plans that have to be approved in terms of spending belong to members of Congress. And then, obviously, if you've got Republican leadership like you do in the Senate, they will look at the White House uh, priorities and say, hey, we, we agree with those or whatever, and we want to incorporate some of the president's ideas into our budget plan. I see. But it's really up to lawmakers to decide how the budget's going to look. So the president is saying increase military spending and deeper cuts to domestic programs, but most likely that's not going to happen. Well, yeah, that's what he's asking for. He's asking for a lot more money for the Pentagon. He's already boosted the Pentagon spending in each of of his first two years in office, and he's asking for more. And uh, as we often hear from administrations, there's an effort by the president to uh, target or single out government programs that are deemed as wasteful or ineffective. And so this budget contains some ideas there on how to cut back. And it's always a give and take. It's a, it's a back and forth between the White House and Congress. And it's going to play out uh, over several months because the budget deadline is the end of September. The fiscal year starts on the 1st of October. We're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, let's talk about the new welfare requirements, uh, namely that Americans 18 to 65 years of age should work at least 20 hours a week in a job, a job training program, or community service program to secure a bunch of benefits like uh, food stamps, Medicaid, federal housing. Sure, and this was addressed at the uh, the briefing earlier this afternoon by the uh, the acting White House budget director, and it it goes to the idea that having these kinds of work requirements um, should be a part of whatever the equation is for people who do require and do need some financial assistance from the federal government, whether it's through food stamps or through other means. And we, we often have heard from Republicans and, in fact, some Democrats talking about, uh, you know, the value of work and, and, and the value that it gives a person and purpose uh, of having ownership over their life if they are, even if it's working part-time, and then also receiving some assistance from the federal government. And what's interesting is Bill Clinton, uh, who was a Democrat, of course, uh, in the 1990s when he was uh, in here in the White House, he, uh, he worked with Republicans in signing a, a well fair uh, reform legislation that mm-hmm. that incorporated some of these very same ideas. Nice. Okay, so then what about the uh, the wall and all that money? I mean, th- that doesn't stand a chance of passing either, does it? Well, it doesn't. And it's also interesting, too, in the timing of the budget coming out this week with that request, John, is that later this week, and I don't know that it's been officially designated as to or scheduled as to what day it'll happen in the Senate, But the Senate is going to be voting, as we talked about last week, on whether or not to support the president's national emergency declaration of the border wall funding. Uh, The House already objected to that, and, uh, and, and the president doesn't have enough support to have the Senate support it, but the president also has veto power, and the Congress doesn't have enough power uh, or votes, it looks, uh, to overcome the veto. So we're going to hear more about the border wall later this week, especially when the Senate decides to vote. It's so interesting to try to project how the Trump base will respond to that, Greg, because that was such a big issue for so many people in the um, in the 2016 election. And Trump has come out strongly in favor of it. I think his base has supported him greatly. But if this all gets continues to get harangued in Washington, I, I just wonder what the end result is going to look like in the next election. 
You know, that's that's really a good point in terms of how the base will respond, because obviously national security and what the president ran on really resonated with his supporters and a lot of people who, who voted for him. Uh, and so at the same time, but at the same time, you have the president uh, using his executive authority in a way that some cons- makes some conservatives uneasy, right. believing that this could be misused by Democratic presidents in the future. And so there's this philosophical difference over the president's response to what they ultimately believe is, is an important national security issue. So it's divided uh, among conservatives in particular, a, a, lot of, of, a lot of them unsure of how to really approach this subject because they do support the president, uh, right. but they maybe have some qualms about the way he's going about it. Yeah, so it. you have a senator like Rand Paul who would be in favor of the idea of it but says, no, like, you know, I can't go along with you on this because, say, there's another president, you know, four years from now or eight years from now, who I disagree with, who decides that whatever his pet project is, we're going to declare a national emergency so we can do it. And Senator Paul was also quick to say in that statement, look, I support the president. I support him on a lot of things. But on this particular thing, I have to vote no. I see. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. So, Greg, this past week, there's been a lot of conversation about anti-Semitism in and around uh, the nation's capital. Talk to us about that story, please. Well, this stems from the comments made by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, uh, who is a freshman Democrat. She had made remarks a number of weeks ago um, condemning the role of, of, of Jewish uh, politics in American politics in terms of how politicians in the U.S. Um, you know, support Israel through, um, uh, you know, with, with acts through Congress, but then also maybe receive some sort of, um, you know, uh, fundraising help from uh, from Irish, I'm sorry, not Irish, rather Israeli interests. And so these these remarks really caused a lot of consternation, uh, not just generally, but especially within the Democratic Party, because uh, they had to deal with who is a very outspoken member of Congress, and as I mentioned, is a freshman. And so you had that House vote last week on a resolution that was originally meant to condemn this Congresswoman's remarks, but it was it was broadened to just condemn hatred generally. All remarks. And, We're now right. condemning all remarks. We're right. <laughs> right. So bigotry and, and, and hatred and anti-Semitism, everything was thrown into the pot, and then it was, so you had this vote. <laughs> and so a lot of Ridiculous. Republicans were criticizing that as right. saying, look, uh, that missed the point. Why, why not take the uh, more direct action or forceful action to, to rebuke, really, uh, those, those kinds of comments? Mm-hmm. The president then, of course, weighed in. He said this was disgraceful. Then he went further, and he said and labeled the Democratic Party as a party becoming anti-Israel and anti-Jewish. And he, re- he uh, repeated those remarks at a, at a fundraising event over the weekend in Florida. And so that came up at the briefing today, and so you've got the White House defending what the president is saying. And uh, and so that was really where we stand right now on I, that issue. So I wonder how long the freshman congressman and women are going to be dominating the news cycle. I mean, this is all that we've heard since the election happened. And I think, you know, people like Nancy Pelosi or Bernie Sanders or Chuck Schumer, are you know, are they standing back and thinking, OK, we have to rein this in? Or are they thinking, OK, you know, these people are, you know, garnering a lot of support across the nation. We need to get on board with them. Yeah, well, I'm guessing Chuck Schumer is glad uh, these members are members of the I'm House sure. and not his Senate. So, <laughs> not obviously, he's still a Democratic leader in Congress and has a lot of 
uh, you know, sway on these issues. But it, this is a problem for Nancy Pelosi and her leadership team. There's no question about that. And that's why we saw uh, this resolution vote delayed several times and then, in the, in the words of the White House, watered down to really not address the issue. And Sarah Sanders today at the briefing even mentioned, look, we the Republicans have uh, in the past had an issue in, in recent months with Congressman Steve King of Iowa and some of the, uh, the comments that he has made uh, that were, you know, that dealt with race and bigotry. And you had action by the Republicans right. to remove him from a committee in which he has a seat and then um, and, and speak out very uh, forcefully about that. Right. And the White House is arguing, hey, why can't Democrats do the same for one of their yeah, own? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. So, I mean, in both instances with uh, Representative Omar Ilan and OCA, these are freshman congressmen who are coming OCA. in now at high, high levels. Yeah, OCA. But I like OCA, too. It's fine. <laughs> but, but they're coming in at, at high levels of influence. I mean, in all the years in Washington, Greg, have you seen anything like this? Not really. To have, to have these freshman members of Congress... Um, be, to get national headlines the way they are, uh, it speaks to a couple of different things. It speaks to um, a desire, perhaps, I guess, for members of, especially in the Democratic Party, on, on the progressive, very liberal, socialist-leaning wing of the party to be more vocal about their policy positions. But it also speaks to the power of social media yes. and yeah. the other the other ways that um, members of Congress are able to get quick national uh, headlines, uh, whereas previous you know generations didn't have that opportunity as as easily. Right, and I think previous generations of lawmakers are used to things being able to simmer for a while before decisions are made or before policies pursued. You know, you got to think about it. You got to talk about. Boy, it seems like today we don't leave any Nothing. time to think or talk about anything. No, that's that's really true. And when you've got, you know, a handheld device and you see something that uh, upsets you or you feel like you want to comment on, people feel like it is a not only a right, but it's required of them to to respond. And uh, that's that's the society and the culture that we're living in right yes, now. Yes, it is. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your wisdom and uh, sharing your knowledge about what's happening in and around Washington, D.C. Happy to do it. Thank you. Our pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. More information about Greg and SRN News, wordfm.com. Hey, stick around. In a minute, if you've been thinking about sending your child to a quality Christian school, have we got a deal for you. With a moo-moo here and a moo-moo there, here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo-moo. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. And I'm Donnie, one of the 11 cousins growing up on the Springhouse farm. Hey, Mommy, what's coming up at the Springhouse? I'm glad you asked, buddy. We're celebrating the entrance of spring with our spring ham and turkey dinner this Sunday. Are we having that yummy smoked ham that Bill smokes in the smokehouse with real hickory wood? Yep, an old-fashioned roast turkey and homemade stuffing, real mashed potatoes and turkey gravy, sweet potato pie, and all kinds of goodies. And what's for dessert? My favorite part. Just like an old-fashioned church supper, we'll have coconut cream pie bars and all kinds of yummy family recipe cakes, too. Am I making you hungry, bud? Yes. Can I have some now? Nope. We'll have to wait for this Sunday, starting at noon and going all day. Tell our friends where to find us, hun. Check us out at springhousemarket.com or 724-228-3339. Now, on a brand new night, it's Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome, the first Wednesday of the month 
Join Kenny Woods and a live Word FM audience and skate to your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could win a free skate night for your family or youth group. Admission $7. Skate rental just three more. Pastors and youth pastors skate free. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome continues Wednesday, April 3rd. Groups over 30 must register in advance. Email info at skatenrd.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the greatest rescue story of all time. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. The original stage production is returning for one last encore season. He is alive in us, and he can live in you too. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Beat symptoms to the punch this winter with convenient walk-in care from MedExpress. With everything from strep tests to flu shots, treatment for fevers, viruses, and more, MedExpress is here to help you stay ahead of sick. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. As we start 2019, we so much appreciate the support of one of our newest clients, Grove City College. So thanks to everyone at GCC, John and I and everyone here at the Ride Home are grateful for your partnership. Partly cloudy tonight, colder with a low 23. Then tomorrow you'll see partly sunny skies, but we stay chilly with the high just 42. Partly cloudy, down to 27 for tomorrow night. Sun will be dimmed by high clouds Wednesday, but we warm up. 56 for the high Wednesday. Decent afternoon there. Mounder still for Thursday, but cloudy with intermittent rain. High 62. Breezy as well. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, Word FM is offering an incredible and limited opportunity to new families at participating Christian schools Half-price tuition right now at wordfm.com. There are more than, I don't know, at least 12 schools and colleges as well who are part of this half-price tuition. Here to talk to us about this from Eden Christian Academy is Tom Hughes. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine, John. How are you? Real good, thanks. Thanks for being with us. This is a big deal. It really is. And Tom, for John and I, who've had our kids in Christian school, um, and my kids were at Eden Christian Academy for years, it's 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 a hard thing to put a dollar a dollar value on because the amount of attention and the amount of investment that the teachers and the administration put into the kids at a school like Eden is really you just can't even add it up. Oh, I agree. There's no doubt about it. So, Tom, how does this work for you? I mean, as a person of faith, you're surrounded by young minds all day long. You put Jesus Christ in the center of this, and, of course, quality education around that. It's a win-win for all students. Yes, it is. It's it's an opportunity for us to, uh, as we we talk about in the uh, educational world, developing the total child, and that's the mind and the body and the spirit. Mm-hmm. And we want to be true as sure that as we're preparing our kids for the colleges of their choice that we're also preparing their uh, hearts and their and their bodies so when they go out there they'll be able to compete and they'll be able to uh, work with other people and uh, be able to you know use the critical thinking skills that you know God has given them but yet through the school and the church and the home 
we've been able to enrich them, enhance them, and take them to another level. So half-price tuition, Tom, is an offer for parents who haven't yet sampled Eden Christian Academy or another one of the Christian schools. It's a way for you to kind of extend a hand of greeting and say, okay, you can try this out and see if you think it's as valuable as we do. Yes, it is, and it's really been beneficial. And we've been in the program, uh, we've participated for eight years, and of those eight years, we've had 13 students, and three of them have graduated. Six are still enrolled. Is so that right? Wow. That they've come, and they it hadn't been like a one and done like you hear in basketball, but they've come here and enjoyed the program and got got their uh, got initiated and introduced to Christian school, and it would make a big difference. Nice. Well, I'll tell you, from you know, our family's perspective, my two sons went through Christian schools. The quality, the nature of their work at Pittsburgh Urban Christian School and at Trinity Christian School was excellent for my boys. So we're thumbs up. Of course, Kathy, your daughter's at Eden as well. Mm-hmm. This is a good thing. And with the bonus of half-price tuition, to give that a try. Tom, thanks an awful lot. We appreciate all your work, the excellence, as you shepherd young minds here with Eden Christian Academy. And John and Kathy, thank you for all you guys do. It makes a big difference for all of us. Thanks so much. Okay, so half-price tuition online right now, wordfm.com. This is for new families. It's a limited time. So if you've been thinking about half-price tuition, thinking about a Christian school, a quality Christian school for your child, check it out online at wordfm.com. WORD. What's behind how you think about marriage? Here's Andrea Griffith. Our culture says marry the one that we love, right? So, yeah, all in favor of that, we want to marry the person we love. But the gospel tells us now love the one you marry. We'll explore myths about marriage and learn how to find the truth next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. When you give to food for the poor, you save lives. When you give to food for the poor, you bring miracles. When you pray to God, what do you say to Him about yourself and your family? I ask God for strength and courage with my kids. I know God doesn't ever give any pain without relief. So I ask Him, keep giving me strength to better raise my kids. Maybe put someone on my path that will make a difference in my life. Would you let God bring a miracle through you? Food for a year, water for life, to save a child who's been praying for a miracle. Your $80 one-time gift makes that miracle happen right now for a suffering child. Make your life-saving gift of $80 right now. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say hope or give online at wordfm.com. This Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, Bistro Pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at Bistro and company.com. 
Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during admissions week now through Thursday and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. How now then do we pray? Frederica Matthews, Jesus. <laughs> Frederica. Frederica, I'm going to Jesus. Wrong. I have a hyphenated name, but that's not it. <laughs> Frederica. Frederica Matthews Jesus. No, it's Frederica Matthews Green, John Hall. Oh, sorry. Just falling off a cliff there. Frederica's my a, lack of sleep. Frederica's a wide-ranging author. Oh, she's not, yeah. She sure has. Her work's appeared all over the place. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post, the LA Times, first things. And no one in any of those places has ever called her by the name of Jesus. Frederica, welcome in, my friend. We are happier with us. To be with you guys again, I always enjoy talking with you. Thank you. Yeah, well, sometimes I get a good laugh as well. Oh, well we've good. lifted you up to a higher, higher level here, or today. taken you to a very low place. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, Frederica, John, and I were, and Mike were talking about prayer the other day, and um, and we were thinking about our different denominational backgrounds. So John was raised Roman Catholic, and Mike was Mike. What kind of church were you raised in? I mean, I know what kind of church you're in now, but what kind of church were you raised in? Pentecostal Assemblies of God. Okay. okay. I was raised in a Presbyterian church. And each one of those different denominations and different theological traditions teach you to pray differently. Yep. And so I'm wondering what you think about that to start with, Frederica. Are there benefits to hearing how different faith traditions pray? I think there definitely is. But everyone who loves the Lord and seeks him comes up with a way of prayer that works for them. And we can learn from what other people have discovered and often find that it works for us as well. So it's a wonderful thing for Christians to be able to share. Okay, so we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't have our guard up when we say, oh my gosh, I, you know, I don't know anything about that you know, orthodox believer and I don't want to pray with them because I don't really know what they think. Or rote prayer scares me. And I don't want to oh, do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I I think you have to put discernment on one side, because perhaps the person you're talking to really is crazy. So that's that's worth keeping in mind. But um, I think generally something that is in an an established practice in a church that has proved itself to love the Lord Jesus and be ready to suffer for him, that that probably is going to be okay. 
after all, prayer is conversation with God. So if we are sincerely speaking out of our heart to God, how can that be wrong? Uh, so that would be my take on it. Yes. So, Frederica, talk to us about your own prayer journey, because you've written extensively about prayer, uh, well-documented that you did not come to faith until you were all much later in life, probably as you know, as a, a person in their 20s. Is that correct? That's right. I went through college as calling myself a Hindu and being very opposed to Christianity and even trying to argue with Christians and destroy their faith. But I had an experience when I was hitchhiking around Europe uh, the spring after I finished college. And I was in a church just looking at a statue of Jesus, and I heard him speak to me in my heart. And he told me, I am your life. Uh, There's more to it than that, so, you know, we've got to conserve our time here. Um, It totally changed me in an instant and made me love Jesus so profoundly, so deeply. He's everything to me. And, and so, as you say, I've had to work out the best prayer practice for nurturing and feeding that love, keeping myself in His presence. So your prayer practices, how did they start, and what have they evolved into? Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess I started out, like many people, with trying to keep one prayer time a day. I would do my Bible reading and intercessions and so forth. And over those almost 45 years... That morphed, and I tried doing different things during that prayer time. I ended up, I actually get up in the middle of the night to pray. I just wake up naturally at 2 or 3 in the morning, and I'm up for an hour, an hour and a half. And one of the particular things I do is I use a a very ancient desert prayer called the Jesus Prayer. Now talk to us about the Jesus Prayer. I had never heard of this until you introduced it to me. Um, and John on the show maybe nine years ago, something like that. Um, and as I said about my original theological family, um, which is still my theological family, um, the Presbyterian Church, w- there weren't rote prayers that we did. Rote prayer was kind of at that time looked at as uh, less authentic or less meaningful. Mm-hmm. Of course it was. And um, I, I think if we're talking about rote prayer in terms of liturgical prayer, the advantage is you don't have to make it up from scratch every time, and you can use profoundly beautiful and theologically rich prayers from any era. Right. Um, so there's, there's an argument for that as well. But the Jesus Prayer is a short prayer that you repeat over and over and over again. And um, I know that sounds to some people like, is this a mantra, or are you self-hypnotizing? What's going on with this? The origin of the Jesus Prayer goes back to the Desert Fathers in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th centuries. They went out into the deserts of Palestine and Egypt trying to learn how to pray without ceasing. I didn't know this until I actively looked it up, but I found that St. Paul said it four times. You must pray without ceasing. And he said it to four different communities. So he must have thought that it was important. And he must have thought it was possible. He must have thought it was possible to do. But anybody who's ever tried to pray without ceasing, you know that your mind wanders away, and you run out of things to talk about. You're just babbling and trying to fill the time, or just you just stop praying. So the Desert Fathers and Mothers set out to solve that problem. So, Frederica, pray the Jesus Prayer for us, then. Oh, yes, yes. What they eventually came up with was, was a very simple sentence. And here's how I pray it. Lord Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, 
have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Some people pray it a little longer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Mm -hmm. have mercy on me. Maybe they leave off the sinner at the end. As you start using this prayer, you'll find that one particular way of doing it seems to be the right rhythm for you. Mm Okay, so what? So for someone who's never done this, why is finding the right rhythm for you in this prayer important? Uh, it needs to be a good fit with the rhythms of your own mind and your life. It needs to feel like a prayer that you can take to yourself and embrace. Yes. It's based on all the people in the Gospels who called out to Jesus for mercy, mostly for healing. Uh, it was, it's not like a, a prisoner in the dock begging the judge for mercy. It's like the the woman who touched the hem of his garment. His mercy is his compassion. So we are reminding ourselves that we need his compassion, and we're calling out for it at the same time. Now, Frederica, often when people pray, you know, they pray with a petition, or there's something that's... But there's no petition there, so to speak. And is there an opportunity for Jesus to speak back? It's one side that we're saying, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And to repeat that once or twice or 15 or 50 or 150 times. And then on the other side. What's happening? What's going on on the other side? Yes. Uh, I've been praying this prayer for more than 20 years now. Um, starting out with just 100 at a time and now 200. And I found that it has radically, dramatically improved my ability to hear the voice of the Lord speaking to me. That it, I guess I went through a stage of just repeating it and thinking, what am I doing? This is kind of weird. And then praying it and sensing Him listening. You know, it's, it's like if you're a kid and you're trying to get the teacher's attention after class and she's busy packing But then if she looks you in the eye and sits down and listens carefully, you feel your heart open up. That's what this prayer became like for me, that as I prayed it, I could just sense the Lord's love and His presence reaching out to me. Mm. Now I I often, I will just not say anything at all. I start out with a Jesus prayer, and then it's just silence. It's just, you know, being awestruck at His presence Mm -hmm. and not needing to say anything for a while. Yeah. Frederica, the first time you told us about this years ago, and I've shared about this on the air multiple times, you know, I just thought it was nuts. I thought, you know, why do I want to? I mean, Frederick is a nice person and all, but really, like, do I need to say the same thing over and over and over again? Um, but I thought, but I thought, you know what? I, I, I do respect Frederica, so I need to, and this is, this is, this is out of my comfort zone. I need to try it. It, it radically transformed my life, too. And I can't even sometimes get a handle on why, except that um, I am profoundly moved by the truth of it when I say it. I think that's the best way I can put it. When I say, Lord Jesus Christ, I mean, that's that's so much right there. Son of God is so much right there. Have mercy on me, a sinner, is so much right there. I mean, it's it's like the whole gospel wrapped up in a couple words. Yes, yes, that's right. It's And it's reduced prayer to the smallest number of words it could be. Because sometimes words are an impediment in prayer. You feel like you have to keep talking. If you had a friend who just never stopped talking, it would strain that friendship. 
So there needs to be a way for you to not be pressured to make up more words, but just to linger in communion with the Lord. And as you say, the whole gospel is contained. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Everything is right there. And the joy of, of his response and of knowing his presence, there's no way to put that into words. Frederica Matthews Green is with us. She is an author of The Jesus Prayer and Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an Introduction to Eastern Christianity. So, Frederica, your husband for many decades was a pastor. You, of course, served faithfully in the church as well. And The Jesus Prayer, of course, a, a large portion uh, of your worship and your ministry. But uh, there's you've moved beyond that in many ways as well, right? I mean, we would be remiss not to look at other prayers and other ways that you have worshipped and your husband has led his congregations. That's very true. And something I I could have said at the beginning is that I started out with one prayer time a day. The biggest impact, you know, immediate impact on my prayer life was when I decided to start observing the hours of prayer. And for me, it wasn't, you know, exactly parallel to in a monastery. It was just I decided when I get up in the morning, I'm going to do this little bit of praying, and then at noon I'll do this, at sunset I'll do that. I found that having these brief prayers linked together and brought the whole day under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that even though I wasn't feeling very much as I said those prayers, even though it was kind of routine or rote even, I'd made a promise I was going to do it, and I showed up and I did it. And the, the, uh, the results were just amazing in my life. I think one of the main things about powerful prayer is it makes you love other people. That, that really is how you can tell if your prayer life is going well. You may not be feeling things while you're praying, but if you see you're becoming more patient and more loving to others, that's, that's the sign of prayer at work in you. Yeah. So stopping to say those prayers all through the day was had a, a huge impact. And, of course, I go to a liturgical church, so I very much appreciate using a very ancient service and uh, praying with people of all cultures and all languages around the world and throughout 2,000 years. And so the, the, the hours, Frederica, in some ways that is, can I liken it to a prayer wheel, that that moves as the hours move as well throughout the day? I think so. You know, I'm not sure exactly what a prayer wheel is in Eastern religions. I think it actually is a wheel that they turn, and it's repeating prayers automatically or something. But it is, as we go through the round of our day, that it links together. Before you put your feet on the floor, greet the Lord, and hand the day to Him and everything that lies ahead. When you get to noon, you know, that's when I say my intercessory prayers. And when I get to, um, when I get to my desk first thing in the morning, that's when I read the Bible. So what used to be, you know, just one big clump of prayer time, by breaking it up all through the day, it has united the whole day around the flame of the presence of the Lord. Frederica Matthews Green has been with us, author of The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Tunes the Heart to God, and welcome to the Orthodox Church, an introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica, thank you. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. 
How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for a good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Looking for a challenging hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house this Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. There's the job you have and the job you deserve. One that rewards your talent, your education, your goals. One that values loyalty and hard work. One that makes you feel like you're making a difference for yourself, your family, your world. Find it Thursday, March 28th at the Word FM Job Fair, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree, where high-caliber companies find high-caliber candidates like you. There's no harm in looking, and it's free to attend. The Word FM Job Fair, presented by Salem Media Group. Details at wordfm.com slash jobfair. Last week we were talking about all the different places you can go get your fish sandwich on Friday. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a big thing, which is weird because we just kind of consider it as part of par for the course of it's life in Western in Pennsylvania. Right. But apparently there are places in this country where they know nothing of this tradition. Don't you feel badly for those people I in those places? Yes. Very dark. Because in every church basement throughout Western PA, now, the big corporations, of course, have been involved in this for a long time. The filet fish from right. McDonald's, sure. which, which I, I always, I always enjoyed. Me too. A little piece of cheese and tartar sauce, good to Tastes go. Tastes like a Van de Camp's that yep. you get at uh, the grocery store in the frozen food aisle. I got no problem with that. Okay. Now, the good news is that our beloved Chick-fil-A, they themselves are also part of the process as oh, they're, well. They're going for a fish sandwich. That's right. Are the they? Uh, Chick-fil-A sandwich is back at Select. There's that Select restaurants across the United States. And as it is was my, in the is past. Is my Chick-fil-A Select? I guess you have to go in there and ask. As it was in the past, cod will be the catch of the day. Okay. 
at the select Chick-fil-A locations. They'll offer seasonal menu items for a limited time between Wednesday, uh, March 6th, which is uh, Ash Wednesday, and Saturday, April 20th during Lent. The fish offerings have been available during Lent uh, since 2016, are not available nationwide, so be sure to confirm your local restaurant is offering these entrees. Well, I'm excited about it. Heck yeah, I am. You know, I made uh, made my own fish sandwiches. You did, this past weekend. Yes, I did. You. <laughs> what did you have? What, what Cod. Uh-huh. But I didn't do fried, because you know my husband can't do fried food. You didn't baked. I did baked. And he ate them? They were delicious. Mm, I sure am telling you, I got the cod at nice. Woolies. Yeah. I baked it. I got uh, egg Kaiser rolls at mm. Mancini's. Nice. Nice, big, thick ones. Cheese, tartar sauce? I put tartar sauce on there. I had a big, big, big clump of greens that I put nice. on there. And a, a slice of tomato. People. Living good. Oh, yeah. A+. plus. A+, plus auto mall. Okay, there's a... No, okay. that wasn't what it was. A plus. A this plus, is my fish sandwich, John. A, a plus cod sandwich. All of a sudden, we're doing an ad. And Frederica Matthews Green. We got it all going. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Boeing stock fell 7% Monday after aviation authorities in China, Indonesia, and Ethiopia ordered airlines to ground their Boeing 737 MAX planes the day after one crashed in Ethiopia, killing all 157 people on board. Alan Deal, a former NTSB investigator, suspects the Boeing 737 MAX 8's automatic safety feature, known as the Maneuvering Characteristic Augmentation System, may have played a role in the crash. There's some training issues here. There's some design issues. As we know, Boeing says they've got some software fixes that they may uh, uh, implement in the near future. But at this point in time, I think it would be prudent to ground the uh, aircraft. Uh, There are, uh, I'm told, 350 of them operating worldwide. On Wall Street, they're up by 200 points. This is SRNU. My Pillows, Mike Lindell, is on a mission to help you get the best sleep of your life. Hey, this is John Hall, and he certainly helped me. I love my pillow, as you well know. But now, Mike has gone the extra mile, nearly 6,000 miles, in fact, all the way to Giza in search of the best Egyptian cotton in the world to create the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. My Pillows Giza Dreams bed sheets, luxuriously soft, breathable, and extremely durable. One night, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else. And right now, get a special 30% off My Pillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code WORD when you call 800 391 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800 391 or visit MyPillow.com. And be sure to use the promo code WORD for 30% off plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or visit MyPillow.com. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. 
At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the greatest rescue story of all time. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. The original stage production is returning for one last encore season. He is alive in us, and he can live in you, too. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, Students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Partly cloudy tonight, colder with a low 23. Then tomorrow you'll see partly sunny skies, but we stay chilly with a high just 42. Partly cloudy, down to 27 for tomorrow night. Sun will be dimmed by high clouds Wednesday, but we warm up. 56 for the high Wednesday. Decent afternoon there. Milder still for Thursday, but cloudy with intermittent rain. High 62. Breezy as well. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Seriously, I cannot stop yawning. I'm like, done. Now I got it. Oh my goodness gracious. I, 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 all last week when you were complaining... <laughs> I don't think complaining is uh, You were. You complained heartily about daylight was, savings I times. Think, well, I think I was times, warning... Time. About the coming apocalypse. Yeah, and I, I just poo pooed. Today the whole is thing. a dangerous day. Today's a day when people have heart attacks, they mm. have other issues, they fall down the steps, they crash into doors, whatever, mm. simply because our whole sleep rhythm, everything thrown off. I'm all upside down. I was up last night till after now 1 a.m. Listen, you told me that it was going to be no big deal at all, I that know. you were going to go to sleep as usual, wake up as usual. Why does it matter how many hours you get? You're just going to wake up when you're going to wake up. Well, Saturday night into Sunday, I did just that. I was fine. Oh, but all of a sudden, Sunday into Monday, I you're messed up. I was a wreck. I was a train wreck. Now, did you nap yesterday? I did. Okay. I did not nap yesterday. I did. I came home from church and had a robust nap. Okay. But still, but I was But last night, it was 12.20 a.m. early this morning, and I thought, I've got to go to bed. Why am I still sitting here? However, don't you like being up late? Always. I love being up late. Always. I, I used always. to be up late all the time. Mm-hmm. Me too. And now it's a rare trip, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember this place. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm more productive at night. Yeah, I like it. it. I really am. More clarity of thought. Whenever the... Anyway, National Napping Day is today mm-hmm. because we're all so tired, and so I hope that you were able to celebrate this national holiday. Yeah, I wish I had a nap. I'll I didn't. Did you have a nap today? I did not. I didn't either. Mike, do you have a nap today? John, don't lie. 
It's not. Is this, this is actual audio of John's. That is not. That is not. Yeah, he, at one thirty, I caught him doing this. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. No, I have a picture of it too. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of pictures, how many photographs have we seen of Antonio Brown in an Oakland Raiders or L.A. Raiders piece of paraphernalia? Haven't you had it up to there? Yes, and so here we are contributing to the morass. I would prefer just to drive by quickly. I just want to bring it up. I want to say, sure, we all recognize that Antonio Brown didn't show up for work, uh, thumbed his nose at his boss, wouldn't return phone calls, dissed his teammates, yes. made an idiot of himself on social media over and over again, not to mention the throwing of furniture out of windows and going 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road and doing the Facebook Live. And All still, of that still got himself $30 million guaranteed and, of course, the potential for $23 million more. Yeah. It is hard to victory get for your head around and a loss for everyone in the NFL. But you know what? We're not talking about it anymore Okay, because I instead this want to talk it? about the condemnation of the pipe organ because I hear that there's a uh, there's a political correctness we need to jump mm-hmm. on top of. Yeah. Well, the Church of England is in a bit of a brouhaha. So apparently there's been a, an unholy row between feminists and organists in the Church of England. Uh, whoa, after- whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> Wait, an argument between feminists and organists? In the Church of England. After a conference of women bishops issued a pastoral letter calling for a ban on pipe organs in churches and cathedrals. The- Wait, feminists mm-hmm. don't want pipe organs in cathedrals. That's the political correctness we're talking about? Yes. Feminists don't want – I'm sorry I have to keep saying it. What? The liturgical conference called on toxic masculinity in the Song of Solomon and the Songs of the Church, organized to celebrate International Women's Day and the oh 25th anniversary of the ordination of women to the priesthood, condemned the pipe organ as a, quote, instrument of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Rachel Weektree, <laughs> Bishop of Gloucester, told the conference how she was inspired to gather her fellow female bishops to discuss misogyny and music after reading feminist musicologist Susan McClary. Feminist musicologist? Yes. Mm-hmm. Feminist musicologist Susan McClary Weektree's keynote address entitled Da 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 Dum, Da 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 Dum, Patriarchal Phallic Thrusting in the Opening Notes of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Come on. That's the name of the. Get That out. is the name of the report. Oh. She says this, a pipe organs tend to be loud, aggressive, dominant, and overpowering. These are male characteristics. <laughs> As the latest Gillette advertisement demonstrated, the large and erect pipes often on naked display are sim- symbols of virile manhood. Some organs are so large they have so many pedals and knobs. They uh, that women, it, women feel marginalized. This is, re- this is absolute insanity. It requires male testosterone to operate the instrument. Oh, how many feet? Did you ever hear of Diane Bish? Yeah. She's not a male. I mean, that's where we are. What do you mean? That's so. That you is know where what? We are. That hacks me off. This here, further on. That's this is my favorite part of the whole thing. Jenny Josias Jimplecute, the Church of England's first transgendered bishop. Jenny <laughs> like, Josiah Jimplecute. You can't make this is up. That like Seriously, John this is like something. Schmidt? Like something His name is my name too. The Babylon Bee. Whenever we go out. Jenny Josiah Jimplecute, the Church of England's first trans- transgender bishop, spoke on sexism and racism in the Song of Solomons. King Solomon was a polygamist with 700 wives. He oppressed them by forcing them to share his living quarters in the palace with 300 porcupines, she told the conference. 
Wait, porcupines? Yes. Concubines? Porcupines, it says. <laughs> it says porcupines. And uh, I don't think it's a misprint. I think that's where she's coming from. So in between... Okay, this is, this is why we injure ourselves when we believe this garbage. Because it insulates us from seeing women who are actually being marginalized and women who are actually being dominated. Right. Because of That's this true. artificial garbage, we tend to think that it's not real. We tend to think, oh, you know, because it's this is so patently ridiculous that people hear that and say, oh, you know, there's no such thing as male domination. Yes. Well, there is such a thing as male domination, but it doesn't come from church organists no. because of the instrument they play. No, one more thing. It's inane. The conference, That's an insult. Conference climax with the guest of honor, Cambridge economist and anti-Brexteer Victoria Butman. Uh, she performed John Cage's 433 in uh, three oh, I bet movements. That was, a pleasant to, that was a pleasant to listen to. Performing in her protest garment of complete nudity. Butman sat at the piano. <laughs> Her name is not Butman. Her name is Butman. Her name cannot her name, be Butman. Her name is. Oh her name is. She's a Cambridge economist, anti Brexteer, <laughs> Victoria Butman. Wrong. She, she had a protest garment of complete nudity. Butman sat at the piano and, to mark the beginning of the piece, opened the keyboard lid. Sometime later, she closed it briefly to mark the ending of the first movement. Oh. The process was repeated for the second and third movements. Oh, that's because you couldn't tell then, otherwise when they began and ended. And then the conference unanimously voted to ban pipe organs in liturgical worship and said it would prosper, propose a motion to be debated at the General Synod in, in York later in July. People. We've lost our minds. We have lost. When people don't recognize their significance as created beings of God perfectly and completely and personally loved by that God, they will go to every ridiculous length to find significance. A statement from Lamberth Palace said that, uh, said that Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, was standing shoulder to shoulder with women bishops and would not permit pipe organs at the Lamberth Conference in 2020. Quote, we also see pipe organs as a symbol of Western colonialism oh and white supremacy. Gosh. We apologize for the was, white man's music. We it apologize is, for the white man's white music. Man's music. Uh, it is time we heard the sound of Indian sitars, African drums, fine. aboriginal didgeroos accompanying our discourse. Uh, all right, that's fine. I'm happy to hear all those instruments. But that doesn't mean that a musical instrument is a symbol of Western colonialism. That is such an... Listen, I, if unbelievable you, overreach if I did and not, mislabel. I pulled this from uh, Religion News Service. Uh, it's the most ridiculous news story I've heard, and I can't think of the last a time. Long, long time. And I've been reading about Antonio Brown for the last ten days, mm-hmm. so it tells you where that fits in. Yeah. That's where we are. Uh, that's where we are. Okay, so we take a break. Mike, please don't play that. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. No, oh, sorry. Upset anyone with our toxicity. Speechless. Next, we're going to talk uh, with Marilyn McIntyre about um, guidance. Guidance. How we get it, how we know it. We need guidance in our lives. Please stay with us. We apologize for that last segment because that was ridiculous. Point five W O R D. Only Jesus. 
Now, a fantastic way to make the day count for only Jesus. Enter the Casting Crown's Only Jesus Getaway Giveaway. We're giving away two grand prizes, a getaway trip for two to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and a getaway for two to see Casting Crown's live in concert. Plus, Casting Crown CD catalogs and more. Jesus is the only name to remember. Register to win at wordfm.com slash contests. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan just for you. And as a small business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace. And Marley has been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses for years. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. Go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that will save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call, 724-884-1496, or find them online at MarleyFG.com. When you give to food for the poor, you save lives. When you give to food for the poor, you bring miracles. When you pray for your children, what do you pray for them? She prays that God help her to give them at least one more day of food. So it's a daily prayer. I pray every day to have God in my heart, and I pray that my daughters are able to go to school. Let God bring a miracle through you. Food for a year, water for life. To save a family who's been praying for a miracle. Just $27 a month for the next year provides a family of four with food for a year and water for life. By dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword hope or give online at wordfm.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during admissions week now through Thursday and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The word guidance, guidance, what exactly is guidance in this 21st century world of ours? What does guidance look like? Marilyn McIntyre is with us. Marilyn's a regular guest on our show. She's a dedicated list maker, the award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, and Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Marilyn, welcome back to the show. Happy that you're with us. Thank you. My pleasure. 
So Marilyn, when you think of guidance, um, are you mm-hmm. thinking of, hey, God, I need to know what to do about this job, or I need to know if I should move to X? I mean, is it something specific like that, or are you just thinking in a general term? No, I think it's important to think in specifics, and I think it's important to pray in specifics. And uh, But that said, I think that guidance often, if not always, comes in surprising ways. So you don't get exactly what you pray for, but mm. you get direction. Right. Now, Marilyn, uh, years ago, there was a, a Christian singer by the uh, by the name of Bebo Norman, and that's a whole other story. But B- Bebo, Bebo once said, if I had a nickel for every time a young fan approached me and said, God told me, Bebo, that I was going to marry you. Um, now, when we hear that, you think, oh, poor Bebo. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... but <laughs> First his name and now this. <laughs> right. But, really? but people hear that, right? People hear, well, right. God told me X. And of course, often, right. more often than not, it, you know, it's, it's not true or it doesn't make sense. Or it's what you wanted in the first place or somehow you get your own um, imaginings confused with the Holy Spirit. So a word that I think has to come with reflection on guidance is discernment. And I love that word. Discerning the spirits is the way that passage in Paul is usually translated. And Mm so I think of discernment as kind of teasing apart the threads in whatever message you think you're getting. But yeah, I've had lots of people in my life say, God told me or the Lord showed me or something. And I think, how do you do that? Yeah. Right. You know, I want to know how I did that. So I, in my reading and in my own experience, have come upon certain words that for me articulate what is happening when I feel that I'm being led or shown or guided. And one of them is just noticing that in the course of a day, there are things that call themselves to your attention. uh, That if you develop a habit of noticing, you think, oh, huh, what's that about? I have a Quaker friend who has a wonderful habit of looking at ordinary situations than just pausing long enough to say, I wonder what that's about. Hmm. And that wondering, it seems to me, opens a door to being led or shown. But sometimes, you know, guidance comes in dreams, and occasionally I've had guidance come very specifically in prayer where certain words come. Like, my mother actually had a story about being told to go to the mission field and she was not someone who would describe herself as a mystic, but she was playing the piano one day in a kind of prayerful um, time of quiet. And the words came to her, go to India. And so she did for 14 years. Wow. But, you know, those stories are unusual. On the other hand, I think many people of faith have had that experience of just a sentence or a word or an image coming in prayer that is so specific and kind of dramatic that you have to say, oh, okay. Marilyn, Marilyn, what about the extremes of um, theological perspective where you have what you and John spoke about earlier, which is, well, this is what God told me. And it seems to, God seems to tell these people things a lot of the time, right? So God told me this and God told me this and God told me this. On the other uh, 
on the other end of that line, you'd have people who don't believe God can tell you anything or that God would tell you anything. If it's not revealed in the scripture, then the Holy Spirit didn't tell you. Right. But I think that scripture itself needs interpretation. We need guidance in reading scripture, which is why it's called the living word. I think it's meant to be read in community with people who have theological training. One reason we support seminaries is to have people who study Greek and Hebrew among us and people who spend enough time with the ancient texts to help us not oversimplify them or read them in a kind of self-serving, over-contemporary way, and that preserves their mystery. So I think that guidance, one of the ways guidance comes is in community. We are gathered so that we provide correctives to each other. And sometimes we all know that there are times when somebody says something in our presence that wasn't even intended for us, but it absolutely nails something we needed to hear. Yes. So that's one way it comes. I think it comes in chance encounters. I think it comes in repeated occurrences, like when something comes up three or four times in the same week, an allusion to a book or something. I often think, I think I better pay attention to this. And so whether you want to call all of those incidents the leading of the Holy Spirit or whether you kind of make room for words like intuition, I think that that whole realm is one that if we prayerfully open it to God, we can develop a sense for um, what's next, what's up. Marilyn, uh, years ago, uh, I was a freshman in college, and I took the you know, prerequisite psychology class. And, 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 the, and the teacher was a wonderful man. I, I, I think about him often. Um, but he, he swore by this, which – and, I, and I, obviously, I, I do not know what this man's walk was like or his faith. But he would regularly take vacations by packing a bag. And then he, he told us this, that he would get in his car, come out of his driveway – and then pause until he felt the call to make a left turn. And he would travel across the country in this guidance mode. And he said, you know, of course, you wind up in lots of strange and unexpected places. Now, I can't imagine traveling like that, but apparently it worked for him. So, I mean... He's not a believer. I don't know if he was a believer, and it wasn't that God was directing his vacation, but there is something to be said about people who are open to that. There really is. I love that there are people who will actually walk out there and do that, literally, because it seems to me it's a very powerful metaphor for thy will be done. Hmm. Just show me what's next. And so I think when Jesus says, take no thought for the morrow, you know, or whatever version you read, but don't overplan what's next. Um, God will provide and God will show you. I think that that's a really important dimension to living. And it doesn't mean don't plan anything, but I do think it means show me the way. Show me. So I think it's delightful that there are some people who have... I don't know, the life context in which they can actually act that out. Mm-hmm. I want to say that another kind of guidance that seems very important to me, mentioning psychology, is dreams. And there are cultures in which dreams are taken much more seriously than they tend to be in this one. But there's so much about God speaking in dreams in Scripture. And the people I know, including my husband, 
and myself who pay attention to dreams get a lot of information from them. And so I think that doing dream work um, is completely consonant with a life of faith when yes. you ask, is there something in this dream that's for me? Talk about that a little bit further because I, 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 have, I don't do this, but I appreciate that you and your husband do this. That there are friends of ours who have dream journals and yeah. they write down their dreams as soon as they wake up in the morning and they may or may not act on those th- throughout the day. But my friend says, I look back at those journals and I know exactly what was going on in my life. And even though I did not know at the moment, uh, <laughs> you know, God knew where I was headed and was telling me that in my dreams. Yeah. Well, I have had... Um I do pay attention to dreams, and I think that the more you pay attention to them, the more you get them. Um, and it's not that every dream is equally profound, although there's a, a dream worker, Jeremy Taylor, who wrote a book called Dreamwork. He's not, as far as I know, a Christian writer. I think he's a Unitarian, but, but he's a fairly lively and profound writer about working with dreams. And he says, you know, even if a dream seems trivial, if you kind of learn to tug on the threads and see what's there, it's often your unconscious, or in some cases, I believe, the Holy Spirit, uh, helping you to see something you might have been sidelining or suppressing or not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an enormously valuable source of uh, information and way of being attached to the one who guides us. Are we treading, because as we're talking, I'm I'm wondering, you know, people who are tuning in right now, and, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of bias or fear in this conversation for a certain group of people. You mean about dreams in particular? Dreams or, you know, the, the spirit with guidance. For a lot of people, this may be something that's dangerous uh, theologically. What do you think, Marilyn? Well, it's certainly edgy in the sense that you have to be careful with it. And that's why I said I think guidance needs to happen in community or, say, in a context of spiritual direction where you can speak with a spiritual director or a wise person of faith whom you know who will help you to discern whether you're kind of deluding yourself because you want want what you think you're being guided toward. Yes. Or whether there's something that's really... a entering your life that you need to pay attention to. So all of us need mentors. All of us need partners and who walk the way with us. I love that Celtic term, the Anamkara, soul friends, you know, people with whom we have ongoing conversation about the spiritual dimension of our lives. So, yeah, I wouldn't just trust, you know, anything that comes up in the back of my mind as suddenly being from God. But I think that If we do open those channels, we can learn to use those as we use any other, um, as we use prayer. Prayer can be misused, too. People can pray very selfishly Mm -hmm. or narrow-mindedly. And so anytime we enter what I would call the mystical realm, I think we're in a place where there are obvious and certain dangers. But, of course, there are dangers in the material realm, too, so... It's not like we walk our way without uh, dangers, soul dangers at every step, but we've been promised protection. 
And so we need to learn how to call upon that protection. Marilyn McIntyre is the award-winning author of books on language and faith, including Make a List, What's in a Phrase, Pausing Where Scripture Gives You Pause, which is the winner of a Christianity Today 2015 Book Award in Spirituality, and Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies. Marilyn, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. We'll take a break and come back. we got lots more ahead. We're going to talk about church as we know it. It's over, over, John. Stay with us, please. Easter, celebrate the life of Christ as you break bread with family and friends and leave the cooking to Bistro to Go on the North Side with simply delicious gourmet creations sure to make your event memorable. Like brown sugar baked ham with pineapple sauce, maple glazed turkey with gravy, bistro pecan sweet potato casserole, whole chocolate mousse cake, and so much more for intimate gatherings to grand events. All reasonably priced for pickup and ready to serve. Order now at bistroandcompany.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit hennyjewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the original mattress factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the original mattress factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com. My oldest daughter is a student at Grove City College, and last week was spring break. And so last night was the... Uh, Transportation up. Exactly. The packing. Right. And the, the And the moving north and uh, getting established back in the dorm. And, you know, my daughter and I and my husband were talking on the way up to 79 and 79 North. And she was saying what a good time she'd had over spring break and how, you know, it was really fun to be at home. And she's kind of, you know, thinking about like, wow, I have to go back and get reimmersed in classes and I have to like start working really hard again. Here it and, comes. you know, I have to get up early, you know, all those sorts of things. And, uh, and she said, you know, I, I, vacation is so open and free. And the the structure of getting back in school is such a shock. And then she said, but I remembered the very first day I was a freshman at Grove City um, that Paul McNulty, who's the president up there, said to the student body, your vocation for these four years in your life is to be a student. Your job is to learn. And she said, whenever I get discouraged about things or I get overwhelmed with things, I think, wait a minute. No, no, it's not too much. It's just the fact that this is my vocation right now is to be a student. My job is to learn. 
And that's exactly what happens at Grove City College. Learning at its highest level. Look online at gcc.edu. Partly cloudy tonight, colder with a low 23. Then tomorrow you'll see partly sunny skies, but we stay chilly with a high just 42. Partly cloudy down to 27 for tomorrow night. Sun will be dimmed by high clouds Wednesday, but we warm up. 56 for the high Wednesday. Decent afternoon there. Mounder still for Thursday, but cloudy with intermittent rain. High 62. Breezy as well. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Well, church as we know it is over. Hey, what's going on? That's what I read today. This is an article by Dave Adamson for Fox News. Uh Uh-oh. And he says, uh, every church you've ever attended, John, or that you drive by on your way to a Sunday sporting event was built on a physical attendance model that is location-centric. Yes, right? I'm I'm going to go to church, right? I'm going to go to church. There's my church right there. I'm physically going to go there. As a result, he says, church leaders and pastors have spent time every week encouraging, inviting, pleading with people to come to a specific place at a specific time on Sundays. And this approach has created church staffing models, systems, ministry strategies focused on just getting people there, right? It's also why there's an annual top 100 list of America's most attended churches. But that way of doing church, he says is dead. Oh, no. We're going to go video church now? That's going to happen? After studying 46,000 shoppers, the Harvard Business Review, he writes, discovered in January of 2017 that people who used several different channels to seamlessly connect with a store were, quote, more loyal to the brand. What? 23% more likely to make repeat trips back to the store and more likely to recommend the brand to family and friends than those who used only a single channel such as physical attendance. So if you if you walk into a store, mm-hmm. you are more likely to walk into it again if you also experience it online or if you experience it in some other way. So it's just not putting your body in the store. It's actually just, he says – Connecting with it through multi-channels. Rubbish. He goes on to say that physical church has its strategies and measurements of success, and church online has its own separate but similar systems and measurements of success, but he's advocating for something called an omni-channel approach. It allows people to fully connect and engage with the church without the need to step inside a physical environment every week. Oh, come on. Yeah. Okay. So you could attend one Sunday. You could listen to the message on podcast the following week. You could watch a live stream the Sunday after, and you could catch the message on demand in a church app the week after that. So that shifts the church, he says, from a location-centric approach to an audience-centric approach. And it allows people to connect and engage with churches both digitally and Physically. That's fine if you think you're going to church just for a sermon. But of course you're not. You're going to church for the community of fellow believers that you are connected with and that mix of the stew that stirs around before, during, and after church. That's why church physically is so important. Okay, but you're saying then that 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 part of church cannot be replicated by listening to the message on podcast the nope. following week, nope. watching a live online nope. stream, or catching the message on demand in a church app. No, not in any way, shape, or form. Look, I look forward to going to church, and I drive there with my wife and kids. We get out. As you get out of the parking lot, you you connect. 
you are forced to connect because people are there with you. And then, of course, throughout the whole process, before church, hey, what's going on? You know you know how that works. Everybody's You mix it up. And I know people who go to church with their head down. They come in. They sit in the same place. They do the thing. They put their head down, and they walk back out again. That's not that's not acceptable, right? We are called to be the body of Christ. We are right. not separate Connected. from each other. Connected. Connected. Deeply con- Look, something happened to me after church yesterday, where I was, you know, in the in the in the aisle outside of the pews, and I said something to one of the guys that I was talking to, and two other guys. So before you know it, there were four of us. And I took great comfort from the wisdom that was disseminated to me. It stayed with me the rest of the day, and I've been thinking about it all day as well. It wasn't part of the sermon, but it was part of my relationship with the guys in the church. And that's not going to happen by getting onto the church app on Thursday morning. No, 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 no. All right, Dave Adamson, this guy, says, uh, if the church is going to make an impact in the modern world, we need to let people explore our church and our content in their own time and in their own way. This isn't Netflix. Look, I, I don't know about this. As a parent, and just as a guy, I, I am deeply concerned about our isolation from each other. We are doing ourselves a, dis, a disservice by thinking that our, our lives are in the screen because we were made for relationship and we were made to look each other in the eye, mm-hmm. to touch each other, to be physically, emotionally, deeply connected. To sometimes offend each other and then have to forgive Often, each other. Because church is messy and mm-hmm. to be alive is messy. So we need to bump into each other. We need to express an opinion. I need to sort of, I need all that. It doesn't happen on my iPhone or it doesn't happen on my laptop or my iPad. It just doesn't. It's too clean and antiseptic. It, and also, it gives me an excuse not to show up because, what, I wake up on Sunday morning at a specific time knowing that I'm going to get ready, take a shower, get dressed, drive into church, go see everybody. If I wake up on Sunday morning at 1030 and, you know, don't take a shower and I'm going to catch the podcast after I'm going to watch, you know, the CBS News or something like that, what, what's the point of all that? I hope that this is not true. Uh this is this is something that's negative. I think if we become audience only in everything, then what the point? we're going to tailor everything in our lives to be exactly what we want it to be. So you're not get, what so everything has to. I can watch my Netflix show whenever I want to. I can listen to my music whenever I right. want to. I can go to church whenever I want to. It all has to fit into my own personal schedule. I think that we're messing ourselves you're up. Sure. How about when, what was it? When we were watching something live. I think the president was speaking. It might have been the State of the Union, and people, you know, were on Facebook, and you had like you know the happy emoji. The, the the mad emoji and they were flying up the screen by the hundreds. Is that going to be church? All of a sudden, little heart emojis or thumbs up emojis or Jesus emojis? Or what about like, I hate this point and I disagree with this and this pastor doesn't know what he's talking about emojis. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I love online as much as anybody. I love it. But church isn't supposed to be online. I hope not. I mean, if you're ill or you know infirm or whatever, sure. But believe me, uh, it's important that there are old people at my church because I see them and I see their weakness, my compassion, my empathy. It's all part of the mix that you know I choose to serve that. But if they're hidden behind a wall somewhere in a managed care facility or, or in their house or their apartment and they may be ill but I don't know about it, well, then what's the point? What am I going to do? 
just turn it off and go, what, watch something else? I don't know. That's bad news. All right. John Hall says church as we know it is not over. All right. Take a break. Come back. Uh, we got lots more ahead. We do. So you can stay with us. direct it cuts across the grain of popular culture it illuminates the mind and transforms the soul its meaning doesn't change it applies to everyone everywhere hi friend this is john MacArthur, encouraging you to find out what the bible means by what it says join me for clear teaching from god's compelling word every monday through friday right here on grace to you tomorrow morning at seven on 101.5 word Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Are you overwhelmed with more than $10,000 of credit card debt, personal loans, medical bills, or collections accounts? Do you find yourself getting nowhere, only making the minimum payments? Did you know that if you're only making the minimum payment, it could take you 20 years or more to pay off your debt? Hi, I'm Nicole Rothman from National Debt Relief. For years, you've heard National Debt Relief on the radio sharing how we can resolve your debt for a fraction of what you owe in just 24 to 48 months. I'm here to tell you it's not too good to be true. In fact, we've already helped hundreds of thousands of Americans resolve over $1 billion of debt. We're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and have received over 35,000 five-star reviews. The best part is we don't earn a penny until we've successfully resolved your debt. If you have $10,000 or more in debt, call National Debt Relief today for your free debt assessment and see how much you can save. Call 800-377-3066. That's 800-377-3066. Again, that's 800-377-3066. World Vision presents Big Daddy Weave's Alive Tour. Join Big Daddy Weave in concert as we celebrate coming to life in Christ. The Alive Tour with Big Daddy Weave. Details at BigDaddyWeave.com. Big Daddy Weave, live at Geneva College Matheny Fieldhouse, March 22nd. Tickets and info at TransparentProductions.com. TransparentProductions.com. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 grade open house this Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, Snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At JubileeCS.org. 
I bought batteries the other day. I bought C batteries. C batteries. C batteries. Those are are smaller, huh? Well. Like the the A's are the little tiny ones. No, there's the the triple A. There's the double A. The C and then the, the D, D, right? How about the – what are the 9 volts called? 9 volts. 9 volts is what okay. they're called. So I bought some Cs Mid-range. Uh, for a radio that I have and I could not get at the batteries, okay? They were wrapped in that kind of plastic. I don't know what it's actually called but it will oh. in, injure you, like yeah. cut you Slice and you. and – you know, initiate a hospital visit because it's so ridiculously strong and sharp and you have to use tools to right. actually get at the batteries. I have a special knife for such purposes. I do. I bet you do yeah. because you have to. Just, now, how dumb is that? Well, I mean, you know, the, the packaging people want to make sure that, you know, the things come safe and clean and, you know, okay. in place. But here's the thing. You could buy the same four C batteries in a cardboard case. Mm-hmm. But I have something even better. An article in today's Wall Street Journal talks about zero-waste grocery stores. And I'm telling you, I am so into this idea. Now, anyone who listens to the show knows that I am not like Miss Environmentalist, though I think that caring for the environment is very important. I also think, though, that there's an environmental lobby um, that is trying to influence how national governments spend money. I think that's what we should be concerned about. But our first inclination – the Green Act. Yeah. Don't even get me started. You mean the Green New Deal? No, I think the first thing we we should be concerned about is how we care for the environment individually the very best we can. I think this is the perfect way. I want to shop at the store. In 2018, at age 30, a woman by the name of Brienne Miller opened Nada. That's the name of her store. It's a zero-waste grocery store located in Vancouver, British Columbia. John, this is what it's like. She offers 750 products without one bit of packaging. Whoa. There's no plastic around the cucumbers. Toothpaste is in glass jars. What? Herbs don't come pre-proportioned in a plastic container. Mm. Customers can just take a sprig or two exactly what they want. She's got a cafe which uses food from the store that would otherwise go bad. Customers are encouraged to bring cups if they're grabbing a coffee to go. If they forget, they can take one of hers and almost every borrowed mug is eventually returned. She said it's actually turned into a great business choice. We don't pay for single-use items, and it encourages customers to come back to our store. So it's like when you go to Aldi's, they don't have bags. Right, exactly. Which so I like. You, so you bring your own bag, yeah. right? Nada, the store, is starting a conversation and a trend because zero-waste grocery stores are popping up in different places. Hmm. Some of them specialize not just in food but in beauty and household products. And in many ways – and I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal again – these stores are the progeny of the natural food co-ops that sprouted up in the 1970s. But the women – and they are almost all run by women – opening zero-waste stores now understand that to succeed, they have to build in convenience. There are no – no mandated work hours or membership fees for these stores. And if you don't have your own container, you can buy or borrow one that's been cleansed and sanitized. The Wally Shop, one of the newest startups in Denver, operates as a kind of zero-waste Instacart, offering customers same-day delivery by bike in Brooklyn and soon in Manhattan. Very nice. Okay. I think it's yeah, such yeah. a great idea. Zero waste. Well, yeah, because, you know, you buy something small and it's wrapped in, especially, you know, at Amazon and whatnot, the, the thing, you know, all the wrapping, the paper, the t- the bubble, the, the cardboard. The box that comes in, all of that. It's so much overkill. It is. And I bought a little thing of uh, of 
like hand lotion at the store the other day. Yeah. But it was in a plastic thing, mm-hmm. and the plastic thing was in a box. Was it a glass? They put it in plastic right. because they don't want it to break. Right. So here, so hold it tight. Yeah. I, I, it just seems like the waste was like literally five or six times the volume of the thing I was buying. Right. Right. I often think about you know. Remember years ago the um, the Tylenol um, cyanide oh, know, yeah. packaging thing. So that was the first time I, I had ever thought about you know the the packaging industry, which is it is is a massive industry. So they had to look in. How do you solve the problem of someone product tampering? So they put the, you know, which I like, the product tampering sure. seals around it. So you ensure that you're the only one or the first one in your family to go in there, sure. which is great. Sure. But here's the question. If there is that product tampering thing on, say, a bottle of, I won't even associate a brand name, some kind of pain reliever. Yeah. Why does the pain reliever have to have this, the, the seal inside mm-hmm. and then the safety seal? And right. then why does that have to be in a box? It's all marketing. We don't need the box. It's just marketing. Okay. So, but we have to think, I really do think we have to think beyond marketing. It, back to the Wall Street Journal. We have to somehow get into the minds of consumers and figure out how to change their way of thinking so it's 100% worth it to them to make the change. Right. I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, I, and what I like about the article is they're not being preachy. They're not telling you you're destroying the earth because of your stupid choices. They're saying, no, we recognize that this is going to be a hard sell, but we need to make it worth it for people. It would essentially ask you to revolutionize the, uh, the industry. Yes. Right? I mean, whether it's drug stores or grocery stores or whatnot, because, you know, as things come in boxes, then if you all of a sudden have things that are sans packaging, the people that are in charge of stocking the shelves, they've got to you know reconfigure the shelving units. Right. They've got to look right. at all. There's all the different manners sure. of rethinking. And all things. those things are important. And and I certainly wouldn't advocate you know that that has to be done instantaneously. But I like the conversation that's happening. Yeah. Just this week, Trader Joe's announced that in response to a customer petition, it will work to eliminate more than one million pounds of plastic from its stores. What a customer petition! Customer petition. Trader. Joe's has just announced that this week because currently, are you ready for this? According to the EPA, only 9% of plastics are recycled. Most of them end up in landfills or in the ocean. Well, don't you think, I mean, I, I think what we're finding out is that recycling has become sort of a, a no-win. I think... Yeah, especially since China has started refusing... Right, which imports. is a shame because, you, you know, we recycle in our... I remember, you know, years ago I had a neighbor, you know, at the time he's probably 80 years old, Clarence. And I said, Clarence, aren't you going to recycle? He looked at me and he said, John, recycle, reschmeichel. So, you know, it depends upon how you're brought up and your commitment to doing it or not. But if the end product is everyone's shrugging their shoulders and you spend all that time, you know, separating things and it goes nowhere anyway, right. well, then what's the point? But... Wouldn't we be better off if we just tried to stop it at the front end? Yes, that's the that's it. That's like, at the front do. end first. Zero zero waste grocery. I'm all in. But then open one in Pittsburgh, friends. You've got I'm to, showing up. All all the lobbyists, all the marketing, all the advertising. Yeah. That's going to be changed. So we as have well. to find a way to make it work worthwhile for the consumer. That's right. Okay, uh, Jeopardy. Alex Trebek, who himself is sick. Find that out next. They're not in it for the money. They don't do it for the fame. It's certainly not about the fringe benefits. No, for a Christian teacher, the real reward is found in the everyday triumphs of a child as they learn not only about their world, but discover their unique place in it. 
This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. Beat symptoms to the punch this winter with convenient walk-in care from MedExpress. With everything from strep tests to flu shots, treatment for fevers, viruses, and more, MedExpress is here to help you stay ahead of sick. Congratulations! Your new Wix website has gone live. Now, if only you can master all the tips and tricks to really make it sing. Your Wix design expert, Ruth Ann Bowen, invites you to a special Wix workshop Saturday, March 23rd in Gibsonia, 10 to 1 at the Northern Tier Library in the Richland Center. Learn how to elevate your design, write quality content, boost your SEO, plus easy editor hacks to simplify your life. A small investment with big returns for your online presence. Reserve your ticket now at thebowenagency.com. Sad news about Alex Trebek. 1984, Alex Trebek took over the Jeopardy reigns. Was it hosted by someone else before? Yes. Uh, And I'm sorry, but I don't know who that was, and I should. But it was certainly a a different tone than what Alex Trebek presented. But 1984, 35-plus years, Alex Trebek has uh, been at the, uh, the helm. But uh, a recent announcement that Alex Trebek made via a video that he has uh, stage four pan- pancreatic cancer. And in this 44-second video, oh, Art Fleming, sorry, Art Fleming was oh, the... Uh, thanks, Mike. That uh, this, this video, the 44-second video, midway through, Alex Trebek asked the fans of his show for their prayers. They were needed, he said, if the game show host was to beat the disease that threatens his life. So Alex Trebek's prayer request caught the ear of a former contestant, Jeffrey Middleman, a reformed Jewish rabbi from New York who was a Jeopardy contestant way back in uh, 2014. Uh, Middleman says, Alex said that he wanted prayers, so let's see what we can do. Now, through a private Facebook group, emails and phone calls, the rabbi was able to organize a digital interfaith prayer service for Trebek. Is that right? Which we go back to our previous conversation. Of course, this is in church. Right. This is prayer. prayer. Middleman, like many former contestants, said he had fond memories of meeting Alex Trebek on the show. He says that we're all looking to be able to process this news and heal. To those who have met Alex Trebek, says Mr. Middleman, it feels like a gut punch. Everyone feels connected to him. You know, uh, Jeopardy cuts across traditions, and so many people have been involved. Of course, many clergy have appeared on the show. Uh, Middleman says, we can't bring everybody to, to one church or synagogue, but we can spend 15 minutes one afternoon together to hear words of comfort. So um, Ken Jennings, remember Ken Jennings? Yeah, he was the big winner. A member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who won a record 74 Jeopardy games tweeted, one thing I know for a fact that Alex Trebek is very aware of how much he means to millions of people and how we will be, how we will be pulling for him, and I hope that's a comfort. Mm. Now, according to the American Cancer Society, some seventy, some 57,000 people in the United States will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year, and more than 45,000 will, unfortunately, die from that disease. Alex Trebek, 78, acknowledges these grim stats in his 44-second video. While asking for prayer, he says, so help me, keep the faith, and we'll get it done. So prayers for Alex Trebek. Mm. This uh, closed Facebook a Facebook group is easily found on Facebook. Hmm. But I wonder, I'm surprised that it's closed. Trebek. Why would it be closed? Well, maybe he's keeping it just to contestants. And maybe he's trying to keep it from crazy people. From crazy, yeah. Well, 
Good luck with that. Pro- yeah, exactly. But that's probably a good strategy. Yeah. Are you a fan? I don't watch uh, TV at that time of day. I used to watch it. All, but I, I think it's every a great day. show. Sure I think it's a, it's, it makes you feel incredibly stupid. It surely does, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, I but think then, that's its function. Don't you get on a little spurt, though, and you're going to go, oh, yeah. I got that, I got that. And, and then, then you feel you like you're all feel, puffy. Right, you're like, wow. Yeah, and then you so. watch an Antonio Brown clip, and then all of a sudden you hey, hey, really hey, hey, You had to bring it back. Good, Mike, we're done with that. A.B. Never again, please, okay? Listen, the Raiders deserve him. I you know with Raiders. that organ. You did you I, say you feel bad for the Raiders? I do. You because are you don't you sh- know, no. Don't, you don't waste know what you're your asking for. I'm Raiders. So glad we're closing out the show right now. Oh, oh my please. gosh! Don't, don't. <laughs> feel badly for Never the Raiders. Again. Good. How, were you even here Promise for the immaculate reception? Promise me you two, feel please. Badly don't bring for this the up. Raiders. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.